the Me Too movement, Michigan terrorists, and Order 66. All of this and more on The Crepe Show. Wow, we have a, a very uh, busy week that we just kind of had. We are now up to 30 million Americans filing for unemployment. 30 million Americans. That's a lot. I think it's a rise of 3.6 more million uh, Americans filing for unemployment uh, this past week. When are we going to get back to work is the question. Illinois yesterday said that they were not going to. Well, J.B. Pritzker, the Illinois governor, uh, released and said that they will not get back to work until early June. Michigan, which we'll talk about later, said that they will not uh, get back to work until, I believe, May 30th. Indiana, uh, our you know, quarantine end date ends tonight at midnight, so we'll see where that goes from there. California is breaking down um, and shutting down beaches as they become crowded again. Huh. It's not like people want to get out of the house. But that's all for another time. Joe Biden has finally spoken up about Tara Reid. If, uh, for those of you who do not know what Tara, who Tara Reid is, obviously she is a uh, former Biden, Joe Biden staffer, uh, who has accused him of uh, sexual misconduct in, I believe, 1993. I don't know why I keep saying I believe. It's stupid. Because uh, I know it's in 1993. Um, and, you know, I, I haven't hit on this somewhat at, at any length in any of these, you know, in any of my weekly shows. Uh, as, you know, there, there hasn't been a lot to come out, which is kind of sad because, you know, I thought we lived in this era and, and we had this movement of Me Too that everyone's voice has, has you know, has, you know, some validity in our, in our national sphere, but I don't think it really does. And I think this kind of shows it, and I'll discuss why. Um, but at, like I said, after weeks of coverage, Joe Biden has finally made a response today on Morning Joe, after about a month of news coverage. Coming from the New York Times in an April 12th article, a former uh, Senate aide who last year accused Joseph R. Biden Jr. of inappropriate touching has made an allegation of sexual assault against the former vice president, the Democratic Party's presumptive presidential nominee this fall. The former aide, Tara Reid, who briefly, briefly worked as a staff assistant in Mr. Biden's Senate office, told the New York Times that in 1993, Mr. Biden pinned her to a wall in a Senate building, reached under her clothing, and penetrated her with her finger, or with yeah, with his fingers. A friend said that Miss Reed told her the details of the allegation at the time. Another friend and a brother, Miss Reed, Reed said she told them over the years about a traumatic sexual incident involving Mr. Biden. End quote. All right, and the significance of this is then there is videotape of the Larry King show. If you all remember that, I didn't really watch because I was pretty young when that was airing. Uh, in 1993, um, of, of a lady f calling in and saying she doesn't know what to do uh, because of the situation. You can go online and find it. Um, you can you know, take 10 seconds, type in Larry King, Tara Reid. It'll come up. Uh, but basically, uh, it's the, the woman on the phone is apparently Tara Reed's mom, and she has confirmed this. Tara Reed's well, she's dead, but Tara Reed has confirmed that that is her mom's voice. All right, so already we're setting the stage that we have more evidence right here before even a trial starts than the whole Kavanaugh hearings. We do, because you, you, you this, this, even if they are lying, 
even even if the, if the King thing is all made up and, and Tara Reid is just lying and that's her mother's voice and well, I guess we'll never know because the, the caller was anonymous and Tara Reid's mother's dead. Um, but, you know, many people have confirmed that that is her voice. Uh, nonetheless, we have, we have evidence that she told somebody in 1993. In, in the Ford trials, we didn't. We didn't. Alright, so so Joe Biden goes on today and says, No, it is not true. I'm saying unequivocally it never never happened. Alright, so we get the first response in a little over a month from Joe Biden on Morning Joe. <laughs> Joe Biden, Morning Joe. Um, saying that it never happened. I right, I should have backed up before I started this, but I, I not saying that this is true. Uh it, you know, it's so touchy with how you address these. I'm just kind of showing that you know, if you spoke up about Brett Kavanaugh and you haven't about Joe Biden, you are literally part of the scum of the earth because you will, if you're going to say, and like, I'm going to read you some of the responses from some famous people with how they're reacting to both of these stories. If you say one thing, but do another, and you make it only a partisan issue as such as this, and you're weaponizing, you're weaponizing the me too movement. You are scum. You are scum. You are scum. Should I say it for, I don't know, fifth time? You're scum. All right, so Tierra Reed has not been treated the same way that Christine Ford was. She was not. One example of that is how Tarana Burke, the leader, uh, I mean, one of the leaders of the Me Too movement, the founder of the Me Too movement, as far as uh, their Twitter account goes, has said this. All right, so first off, she tweeted this. Uh, TV little backstory. Um, I did a little digging, um, you know, and before you say, oh, like you're just trying to find dirt. No, I'm going to tell you what she tweeted out. Okay. I'm not going to hide anything. This, this is, this is all straight facts, I guess. So that destroys you in your opinion with facts and logic. Ha ha ha. All right. So Tarana Burke tweeted out on September 18th of 2018. All right. We're in the heart of the, um, Kavanaugh hearings. Okay, if you remember from September 4th to 7th was when his trial was originally supposed to be uh, to determine if he was going to pass, you know, the Senate and, you know, become a, um, to become a, uh, what, a judge. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't think about that. All right, but then the trial took longer than what it thought, you know, went into the, the late uh, September month of September in 2018. Anyway, Toronto Brook tweeted this hashtag support survivors, hashtag protect RVW, hashtag no Kavanaugh confirmation, hashtag me too movement. There's a picture. It says, I believe Christine Blasey Ford and I still believe Anita Hill. All right. So that was on September 18th on September 9th or September 22nd. She tweeted out, I believe Dr. Blasey Ford Lacey Ford. We believe survivors. Join us for a national walkout in solidarity with survivors of sexual violence on Monday, September 21st at 1 p.m. Eastern by wearing black and posting a message to say, hashtag we believe survivors, hashtag me too movement. On the same day, September 22nd, she tweeted out, oops, sorry. Uh, this is September 23rd. She tweeted, the right is attempting to separate Dr. Blasey Ford's story from the Me Too movement, which is ridiculous. They want you to believe it's all just about powerful men being called out, when in fact there would be no movement if everyday people didn't speak up and out. The danger in this narrative that they are pushing is it makes it look like these are unrelated issues, when in fact so many folks who use the hashtag MeToo movement 
were talking about experiences from their youth now never spoke about until now. And so, oh, I want to continuously scream this from the rooftops. This is a survivor's movement. We will not let Dr. Blasey Ford's experiences be invalidated by, invalidated by partisan nonsense. We're survivors not just because we lived through what happened, but because we are in a constant state of survival. And so whether he is confirmed or not, the scars she has are still there. In fact, she walks away with with me more wounds. This isn't her burden to bear. She is the only, or she is the one who should be protected. And if the government won't do it, then we will. We will stand up for her and stand by her. Those were all back in September of 2018. Let's look to see what this uh, lady, Tarana Burke, is saying now. She's a blue check mark, by the way, on April 28th. I took a moment away from work and movement-related issues to be present where I was needed as my family was affected with COVID. But I know many, many of you are wondering about my take on the Tara Reid story. My stance has never wavered. Survivors have a right to speak their truth and to be given the space to heal. The inconvenient truth is that this story is impacting us differently because it hits at the heart of one of the most important elections of our lifetime. And I hate to disappoint you, but I don't really have easy answers. All right, side note, this is the most important election. This is the same thing that they were saying about this is the most important, you know, uh, Supreme Court nominee of our lifetime when the whole Kavanaugh thing went out. So, you know, we, we can say that about anything. It seems like every year, every presidential election is the most important of our lifetime. There are no perfect, getting back, there are no perfect survivors and no one, especially a presidential candidate, is beyond reproach. So where does that leave us? You know, I would argue right here off the bat too, that a Supreme Court justice, honestly, I think has more power than the president. And I say that because Brett Kavanaugh will be on and in the Supreme Court longer than Donald Trump will be president, hands down, unless he dies. You know, you don't serve sentences. You can vote a president out. This is where a lot of times people get so worked up about, oh, we need term limits, we need term limits. It's actually, term limits will only help lobbyists gain more power. Because if you know what lobbyists do, you don't vote out lobbyists. And lobbyists for, like, the same people who want, you know, term limits are the same people who, like, hate on lobbyist firms and stuff like that. You know, and so if you if you want to like cre create a place in a society in a, in a political sphere where people should be afraid to get voted out keep term limits or don't put term limits on things that the founders didn't put term limits on because the lobbyists the people who are still and will continue to be there in the process even after let's say a congresswoman you know gets voted out a new one comes in the same lobbyists are going to be there they're just going to get male power anyway don't even know if that made sense. Getting back to Toronto. In a just world, we'd have a transformative approach to dealing with claims of sexual violence where a survivor's story is given fair consideration and they are made whole by a process that supports both accountability and hearing, healing. This is doubly important when outsized power dynamics are involved, but we don't have that right now. We What we have now is a zero-sum game where absolutely no one wins, in part because... Most people weighing in at the moment don't actually care about transforming a culture of sexual violence. Many of you are only interested in this story because you are entertained by the trauma of others or because it has the potential to be a political expedient with no re real regard for the survivor. On the other hand, 
Tierra Reid has been afforded the opportunity to speak her truth through mainstream media, reporting on her claims and ongoing investigative journalism. She should have been able to come forward in a process where she was treated fairly in a trusted system. Instead, like other public survivors before her, she had to rely on journalists in order to be heard, precisely because the systems for survivors are not in place. On the other hand, the defense of Joe Biden shouldn't rest on whether or not he's a good guy or our only hope. Instead, he, he could demonstrate what it looks like to be both held accountable and electable meaning at minimum acknowledging that his demonstrated learning curve around boundaries with women at the very least left him open to the possibility of these claims no matter what you believe we are allowed to expect more of the person running for president this is where we are we don't have a guidebook for this in part because it would take a willingness from all of us to write it survivors deserve more than being used as a political football by disinterested parties and a culture of acknowledging harm can't exist if we continue to view sexual violence as a catastrophic outlier rather than an embedded toxic element of our culture huh i mean i like what she has to say i like it all but when when you take into account when you take into account the responses to both of these situations and how they both have way different uh, outlooks it does it doesn't make any sense to me it doesn't so and you you can you can make the argument oh well uh 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 T.R. Reid hasn't had a trial yet. Okay, it doesn't matter. Because this is the thing, and I'll go back on this again. During the trial, T.R. Reid has, has something that we can all watch that shows that she was talking about it and proves in 1993. Alright, that's a long time ago. Alright, and I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm not saying that T.R. Reid is, is telling the truth. We, we don't know. I'm saying that she has more facts... And more evidence than Chrissy Blaise and Ford. So why is she not being treated the same? Why? Why is she not? This is what Nancy Pelosi said yesterday. Quote, There is also due process. I am excited to endorse him. A.K.A. meaning Joe Biden. During the Kavanaugh trial, she said, Believe all survivors. Huh. Okay. Thank you, Nancy Pelosi. The sad thing is, Planned Parenthood of all people has spoken out. You know, I, I could, I don't like Planned Parenthood. You probably can know why. All right. But this is what Planned Parenthood says. After we reported silence from nearly a dozen prominent women's groups on T.R. Reid's allegations against Joe Biden, Planned Parenthood's president released a statement. We believe survivors and saying we believe survivors doesn't mean only when it's politically convenient. Wow. You know, if you're going to stand true, even if the whole saying believe we always believe survivors is stupid, in my opinion, as long as you're staying true, I don't see a problem with it in that in that aspect. So you get what I'm saying? It goes back into if you spoke up about Brett Kavanaugh, not about Joe Biden, you're the scum of the earth. You are. Without even having a trial, you are. If you're going to immediately accuse and believe that Brett Kavanaugh was guilty and you're not going to do that with Joe Biden, what's the difference here? What is the difference here? Because I remember a lot of people, even before the trial even happened, were saying, oh, F Kavanaugh, he shouldn't be elected or nominated, nominated, whatever. All right. Where are those people now? Where are they now? Stand true to what you believe in. Even if a lot of people don't believe it, just stand true to what you believe in. Don't show your partisanship through something as sad as sexual assault. Don't. 
it's just funny because at the time of this Planned Parenthood, uh, you know, releasement, a lot of people on the left haven't even you know spoken up about the subject. Tierra Reed, I'm not saying I believe her. I don't know if we ever will. I you know it's sad that you know stuff like this. There's really no way to determine anything. Um, it's really, it's really, really sad. But stay true to what you believe in, even if it means breaking from partisan roles. All right, so Michigan terrorists was trending on Twitter last night. Michigan terrorists, hashtag Michigan terrorists. So of course, you know, I had to click and see what's going on. I, I hope there's not terrorism in Michigan. I hope there's not terrorism anywhere. I don't like terrorists, and frankly, terrorists should, you know, not be around. But when I found out why Michigan terrorists were trending. It actually made me really sad. Um, so, backstory: uh, the Michigan governor Gretchen Whitmer, uh, Democrat, uh, came out yesterday, or maybe it was Wednesday night, uh, and said that the you know the state of emergency would continue until May 28th. Thus, you know, not really opening anything back up to uh, normality. And you know, a lot of people were mad about this and decided to. A protest at the state house. Protest, you know. I thought, I thought protesting was legal. All right, but where the where the Michigan ter where the terrorism part comes in is because a lot of these people were carrying AR-15s, uh, other weapons. Um, you know, and you you would think that when the word terrorism is used, you'd assume that like someone's being harassed. To the point, you know, that they're to being taken hostage or, you know, there's violence, there's shooting, uh, there's, you know, terrorism typically involves murder. Was there murder, though, yesterday? No. How, how, how can you stand using the term terrorist so likely like that? You know, it's like the Washington Post when uh, Abdu Bakar Baghdadi died. The austere scholar. Not even you're not going to call him a terrorist, but you're going to call these you know American citizens who just happen to use their their right to bear arms. I'm not saying I agree with you know carrying an AR-15 around in public. I'm not saying that at all. All right, but this this idea and, and you know it, it's so it, it it blows my mind. Because whenever you use the term, you know, terrorism or like xenophobic or racist, you know how they're, oh, Trump is racist. It deludes what racism actually is. When you accuse people of doing something and being something such as a bigot or a racist or xenophobic, whatever you want to call it, you can call them whatever, transphobia, homophobe, whatever. When, when they're clearly not that, it deludes what it is, you know, and it desensitizes you to that word. And this is exactly a desensitization of the word terrorism, terrorists, these terrorists, even though no one was killed, they all went home to their families. Oh, they shouted at people. They're terrorists. Terrorists carry guns. We need to get rid of our guns. Terrorism. Such bad terrorists. We should compare these two to Al Qaeda. Yeah. You know what? Maybe Al Qaeda... It's not as bad as these terrorists. <laughs> Hopefully, you know, that's a joke. It's pathetic. You know, and of course, hashtag white power is trending then too. And it's just so funny to me because everyone will complain about white power. And I'm not going to say you're going to be like, oh, like white privilege doesn't exist. Okay. I'm not, I'm not no, it, it does. 
All right, but nobody, whenever whenever things like this go viral, I never see anybody saying, this is how we end this. It's always just, oh, white people are evil. If black people had guns and were storming, storming the state house, they'd be shot and killed. No, I, I wouldn't necessarily agree. Did you see the Second Amendment rally back earlier this year in Virginia? That was... There were a lot of minorities at that and nothing happened. They were carrying Second Amendment or <laughs> Second Amendment uh, AR-15s. You can look up pictures of it. It was in Virginia. Go look it up. It's it's just funny, you know. We complain, but then we don't do anything. I think we all have you know a part of that. You know, but hashtag White Power, hashtag Michigan terrorists. They're terrorists. I never thought I would live in a, in a period of time where the word terrorists would refer to people exercising their, you know, free, you know, their civil liberties without resulting in bloodshed. You know, because typically when, when I think of terrorists, you know, I immediately think of, you know, 9-11. I think of maybe a car bomb going off. So I think of violence. But to the left and a lot of people, the even the, the word gun immediately means violence. It's, be it's why. Why else would Michigan terrorists be trending? Why else would it be tr trending? Why would you sit here and sound so stupid and calling these people terrorists? I'm not saying I agree with what they're doing. I, I, I'm not saying that at all. All right, but when you speak out about things like this, it's so ridiculous to call them terrorists. You're diluting the word. You're diluting the word. And someday, when terrorism starts... I mean, I guess it goes on every day, but when you see terrorism, are you really going to know that's terrorism? It's going to get diluted. It gets, everything gets diluted. All right. We can even go back to the, you know, T.R. Reid thing, the Me Too movement and calling Me Too, Me Too, Me Too, Me Too, Me Too has been diluted. And now look how it is. We have these problems that we see in our society today. How do we solve them? How do we solve white power? I don't know. Does anybody really know? Surely the people complaining about Michigan terrorists would know. Anyway. So, Call of Duty recently had an update uh, yesterday, no, Wednesday, uh, April 29th. Uh, you know, and it's, it's always amazing to me, you know, like video game developers. I, I don't, and I mean, I guess anybody who's, you know, creating software or just you know entertainment for the masses i've always wanted to know when so many people are passionate about maybe adding something to a game like maybe making you know duos a thing in call of duty's new war zone why they don't do it or why they don't release a statement you know it's the same thing to me as far as you know when a congressman or congresswoman never meets with their constituents like never has a town hall which I would figure most never do that. If I ever got elected, I'd be honest, or I would be honest, I would do that. Uh, you know, it's, it's why, why would you not want people to know why you're not doing this? Because it just creates resentment. And that's what's happening in, happening in the Call of Duty community um, is that, so their Warzone game mode has, you know, quads, which are four people teams, uh, trios, which are three person teams, and that's it. There's no duos, all right? It's not like Fortnite where there's duos. And so what you have to do is then, if you only have another friend on, you have to just, you know, squat up and fight and, you know, uh, play the game with some random person. Uh, I don't really see why they are not 
doing a duo mode, even after this massive update on Wednesday. You know, the game's been out for... Warzone's been out for, like, over two months. And I would argue that, you know, having a duo game mode is the biggest uh, complaint that the Call of Duty community has had recently. And I don't know why they just don't release a statement. You know, why, why don't they want to please the people who are playing? Sorry, I needed some water. This ties into the Clone Wars. I don't know if you're a big Star Wars fan, but the Clone Wars, the uh, animated series, is coming to an end soon. Actually, today uh, will be the second to last episode. That I think believe the last episode will come out uh, on May the 4th, uh, which is Monday. I hope the May the 4th, I hope the 4th is with you. Uh, but this should give us insight into Order 66. So if you are watching, prepare to cry. I honestly might cry a little bit. Um, it's going to be really sad to see this show come to an end. I started watching from the beginning back when this show came out and for those of you who do not know there was like a f what a four year five year period in between you know seasons one through six and then the final season season seven uh, which we're watching right now it's on disney plus it's a really great show uh, but order 66 is coming uh, and i'm sad to see it coming in other news i passed my teaching licensure test uh not today yesterday uh so that's awesome so i can technically once i get my once i graduate uh, i will be you know, legally allowed to teach, at least in the state of Illinois. So I'm pretty pumped. Um, I also, I don't know if I mentioned this. I haven't mentioned this in a while. I did uh, one of my episodes months ago. Uh, but you know, I really don't like New Year's resolutions. Um, or at least I don't like when people, oh, this is my New New Year's resolution, and they just go and shout it, and they want people to know, and then most of the time they don't do it. Uh, anyway, I finished my fourth book in four months. Uh, my goal is to read one book a month for, you know, the whole year. So 12 books, you know, which for some of you probably isn't that much. But, you know, for me, I read like one or two books in 2019 that were like just for my entertainment. Um, so I'm happy to say that, you know, I, I'm back on track. After the after the last day of March, start of April, I was only at two. So I, I finished two this month and then I'm currently working on one with my uh, fiance Sydney. Uh, then I'm trying to figure out exactly what will be my next enjoyable read uh, so far. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review. If you ever want to suggest content for the show, email me at sittingwithseth at gmail.com. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at sittingwithseth and on TikTok at The Cripe Show.